1: today let the word go forth fool me once are you fired up i'm not a crook
2: are you ready to go
1: shame on shame on you (laughs) it's abe lincoln's top hat hosted by ben
0: kissel
1: boom me, can't get fooled again
0: welcome to the show everyone i am ben kissel that's marcus parks hey ben marcus your name is Marcus Parks. <laughs> how long have I said your name for? How many how many times have I said the name Marcus Parks?
1: I would imagine just on the air. Just on the air alone. I would imagine probably somewhere around two or 3,000 times.
0: Two or 3,000 <laughs> times. Look at that. And it never gets old. Rolls right off the tug. Doesn't it, though? Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we got a lot to get to this week. Puerto Rico got hit extremely hard by Hurricane Maria. 3.5 million people devastated. Uh, the sanctions, the Jones Act, has now been... Been rescinded. Donald Trump did waive that, so that is good. However, their perception is that Donald Trump doesn't care about the people of Puerto Rico because as the storm was happening, he was busy ranting and raving about the National Football League, as all good presidents do.
1: I don't think it's any sort of <laughs> perception at this point. It is truth. It, well, it, is, it, is absolute, it is provable truth. There is no perception. It yet.
0: has been a rough time. FEMA has responded fairly well. According to Governor, uh, oh my goodness, what's the name of the governor of Puerto Rico? I believe it's Roselle. Uh, But you can find that. uh, He he says that Donald Trump is talking to him on a daily basis and they're trying to work it out. But yes, from a politics of perception sense, Donald Trump has not done uh, nearly enough when it comes to showing support from the uh, from Washington to the people of Puerto Rico. And, of course, the people in Puerto Rico, it's dire straits because they weren't doing that great to begin with. As a matter of fact, they're in a bunch of debt, and Donald Trump decided that this would be a
1: good time to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, this would be a good time to chastise them. But it, this yes. would be a, a great time because you know what I want from a president? Uh-huh. I want a president uh, to have the courage uh, to kick people when they're down. Just the
0: unbelievable like,
1: courage. It, it it's just so much courage to have, a, a especially American citizens. It's, yes. it's really great to see a president kick American citizens when they're down.
0: You know, and the economics about making Puerto Rico a state are very difficult. They say it would cost the country roughly $5 billion. Some say the estimates are as much as $10 billion. That's why it maintains uh, its territory status. At the end of the day, uh, America doesn't feel like we can absorb it. And who knows, uh, you know, it would obviously take quite a bit of Of work to make Puerto Rico an official state. But nonetheless, as Marcus just said, they are American citizens and our hearts are with the people of Puerto Rico. It's just we have had a crazy month when it comes to storms weather and of course you know if you look what happened in mexico regarding
1: the earthquake yeah i mean it has been uh, this has been one of the worst months for natural disasters that oh. there's been an, i don't know how i don't know when we've had the world in general has had yeah. like a, or at the very least this hemisphere uh, i don't think has ever had a month of natural disasters as bad i can't think of them back back to back, Definitely to back, not in to back our like this no i really can't i know social
0: media is a relatively new phenomenon here um, so perhaps some stuff went more under the radar back in the day. Uh, but yeah, I, I cannot think of one either. Um, and obviously, climate change plays into that conversation, things like that. I was on Fox News America's newsroom this morning, and the chick that was on there, her name is Tammy something. She is a classic, just right-wing political Pundit. I don't know. They they have so much cognitive dissonance. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But she was like, the left wants Donald Trump to have another Hurricane Katrina. They it's- want a Katrina moment. And I'm telling and I was just laughing because nobody, nobody in the in the world wants anyone to be suffering at the hands of a storm for political reasons. That's no, easy. and if you do, get your head checked because you would be crazy.
1: No, she's just one of these classic deflector Republican pundits. She That's says, all they do is they just yeah. deflect, deflect, deflect. Let's not talk right. about anything that our guy is doing all we got to say is well the democrats but you know what there is uh cnn has been going all
0: in when it comes to trying to make donald trump look horrible in the response again donald trump doing himself no favors taking to twitter and talking about the national anthem controversy which I talked about it all week on Fox News Radio because it's good to get callers, and it's one of those issues that has broad reach. We're talking about sports. It's uh, 100% emotionally-based conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But, you know, uh, CNN uh, and the news networks in general have handled these storms so horribly. You know, where is Hurricane Harvey? Why isn't that still in the conversation? Irma is now just forgotten about forever, and now they're on to Puerto Rico. At the end of the day, FEMA... Has improved immensely since Hurricane Katrina. Well, yeah, we don't have a horse breeder in charge anymore. <laughs> <laughs> ah, dang it!
1: <laughs> yes, no so more
0: brownie. There is there is some credit where uh, let's give some credit uh, to uh, to the rebuilding efforts. And of course, it's never going to be easy because Puerto Rico is an island. It has a lot of different. Uh, it, it it um it just has a lot of different issues than than Harvey and uh, Aunt Irma. Mm-hmm. So hopefully everything will be okay. It's going to be a long process. Evidently, I was just reading the story. Uh, there's a curfew in, in Puerto Rico right now. Marcus, you were saying if you're out after curfew, six months in jail. Six months in jail, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. It's a dangerous place right now. It it's was a little dangerous. dangerous to begin with, and now we have ourselves uh, extra dangerous. So for anyone listening in Puerto Rico or who has family or friends in Puerto Rico, uh, our hearts are with you, and stay safe uh, because it is going to be a bit of a difficult situation for... The foreseeable future.
1: I mean, there are people, you know, uh, uh, Carolina here at uh, the network, uh, also, you know, my girlfriend, full disclosure, oh. but uh, she has, uh, you know, friends out in Puerto Rico, yeah. uh, the close friends that they haven't heard family friends that they mm. haven't heard from in a week, week and a half. Like, oh, have, heard, only, oh. have heard nothing. They, they have well, no idea.
0: You know, uh, the infrastructure of Puerto Rico is horrible, and it has been for a long time. Bernie Sanders actually addressed this in 2016, and you can go to his website and you can still see it. He talks about how we need to, uh, you know, rebuild it in uh, the electrical grids and all of those sorts of things that just make for a city, uh, make for a safe city. Were totally eroded uh, So maybe we could have a situation where the rebuilding effort can get new infrastructure, get new uh, electrical grids and try to improve the situation and try to improve the lifestyle of the individuals, the 3.5 million folks who are there. Maybe. The, uh, so I don't know, maybe we could use, good...
1: uh, I don't know, there, what is it in America I mean, that we're that... working on right now that's costing a lot of money that we don't really need? Hmm,
0: I can't think of anything. No, nothing <laughs> at all. Maybe a, a wall or 19 billion bucks for a bunch of steel to be poured on a Texas
1: border. I mean, it could be because it kind of seems like the thing in Puerto yeah. Rico could create a lot of jobs jibs something that we well, could spend money on the, to create a lot of jobs it kind of seems like over in puerto rico huh? that might be a, a pretty good fucking opportunity that
0: could work we also had the situation here the republican tax plan is out we can get into some details on that steve scalise also has made his uh, appearance back of course he was the house majority whip he was shot during a celebrity or during practicing for a charity baseball game, uh, Hotchkinson, James Hodgkinson is the man who shot him. He was back, uh, got a nice warm reception from Congress, disagree with the politics, but of course, pol- um, violence is never the answer, and never. the guy is going to be stronger than ever. And I also want to talk about what happened in Alabama, a true atrocity in our democracy, Roy Moore mm. beating Luther Strange. Luther Strange, of course, the candidate to fill Jeff Sessions' Senate seat, was supported by Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump. Strange bedfellows there, to say the least. However, Luther Strange has been a proponent and an advocate for Donald Trump for a very long time. And if we know anything about Donald Trump, a character trait that he really admires is if you love him. Kind of- That's the <laughs> highest the highest character trait that you get. Can- is it honesty? No. Is it <laughs> is integrity? who cares do you love me you're the best yeah and luther strange had supported donald trump over uh the campaign and throughout his presidency so donald trump returned the favor however roy moore was backed by steve bannon uh much more of your alt-right conservatives that wing of the republican much more party more trump type of guy much much more your trump type of guys and for those that don't know anything about roy moore you gotta get an education on this fella he was uh kicked out of being a judge twice. He was Mm -hmm. the guy with the Ten Commandment controversy. Yes. He refused to, not just refused to get rid of it, he added a 5,200-pound Ten Commandments, and the Supreme Court was like, there's a thing called separation of church and state, and he's like, I've got a gun. Uh, So
1: he was was booted after that. What he said is like, yeah, yeah, there's a separation between church and state, uh, but there's no reason to separate God from state. There it is. (laughs) Kind of over his little head there. Yeah, kind of didn't really pay a whole lot of debt, and he's nope. all—he's just one of those guys that did not does not pay attention to anything that the founding fathers uh, actually said. But of course, uh, he, he looks at "In God yeah. We Trust" and doesn't know that that wasn't added to our money uh, or our pledge of allegiance, and, uh, and under God wasn't added to our pledge of allegiance. None of that stuff came about until the '50s right. when we were trying to separate ourselves from "quote unquote" godless communists. Oh, yeah, he just doesn't—he just doesn't—he either doesn't know that or he. Uh, fake history it might be fake history he's using it for his own political uh means
0: he's also a guy who said that keith ellison of course the man who was in the running to head the dnc he lost it to perez uh should not be in the in washington should not be in the house should not be uh, in congress because he's a muslim he's also said that homosexuality is equivalent to bestiality Mm -hmm. he wants it literally illegal he just wants sodomy illegal which uh, is not necessarily only about gay sex uh, if sodomy is illegal, Washington is in jail, <laughs> every single person in the House
1: and the Senate are gone. He said specifically homosexual acts yes. should be illegal, should be prosecutable. That's it. By a- jail time.
0: By jail time. I mean, this is totally unconstitutional. There's nothing libertarian about this guy. He is a social conservative to the to the to the tenth degree to the nth degree and to a long degree <laughs> a lot of degree and there is nothing about this guy that is about personal freedom personal liberty he is a total religious zealot and the thing is he will not be a rubber stamp for donald trump for example daca where donald trump is working with nancy pelosi and chuck schumer uh he's pissed he yeah. hates that idea Luther Strange, for example, would have been a rubber stamp for Donald Trump. Whatever Donald Trump wanted, again, that's why Trump threw his support behind Luther Strange, although even uh, when supporting uh, Luther Strange, Donald Trump said, maybe I made a mistake. After he saw the poll numbers, Luther Strange was down 11 percentage points. And this was a very long primary process for Alabama, so Roy Moore... Kind of taking another playbook out of taking a play out of Donald Trump's playbook. He had to be I forget the number of people, but it was a it was a large group of people. So he was able to just sort of normalize his existence throughout a series of elections that made it seem like, okay, we can go with this guy. Obviously, in Alabama, you have to get above 50 percent. So this was a primary runoff. Yeah. So it's really interesting what we're going to see now in Alabama. Check it out. Watch that race. He's going against this guy, Jones, and uh, he's the Democrat. uh, The guy, uh, he was a former lawyer. He put the KKK in jail for the church bombings in the 19—I think it was like 1967. And he put these folks in jail in uh, 1993, I believe. Mm Mm-hmm. Who knows if a a Democrat could possibly win in Alabama? Probably not. I would uh, assume that Roy Moore will be the senator from the great state of Alabama. And, of course, he doesn't represent many, many people in that state. And it's unfortunate that he most likely will be the figurehead or one of the two figureheads representing them in the Senate. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened there. Uh, in Alabama. Luther Strange gone. And Donald Trump, you know, Breitbart, Steve Bannon was bragging that they're six and oh, Donald Trump is five and one. Obviously, after January uh, 20th, after the inauguration, when Donald Trump was elected, they had to fill a couple of seats that went into work for the administration. And Breitbart is Bannon is right. He's they're Six and oh, he's definitely he's definitely hit a vein in the Republican Party that is Full of blood, yeah, and uh, he is reviving the Republican Party. I would say for worse, but nonetheless, his strategy does seem to be effective. Going with these strong far right wing economic populists as well. If you look at what happened with uh, with the RNC, they gave Luther Strange two point five million bucks. Uh, Roy Moore took nothing from the RNC, mm. and he was outspent. Oh, he was outspent uh, by a bundle. So you know that kind of message. You know, Bannon talking about how we're sovereign citizens, it's not sovereign money. You know that's what resonates, and it's just so unfortunate that it's coming with such horrible social conservative baggage.
1: Well, I mean, let me let me ask you this: I mean, is it possible that the reason why they're six and zero because all these uh, elections are because these people have been taken into the Trump administration, right. correct? Yeah. Could it be that these people are already from districts people that uh, have been taken into the sure. Trump administration? Could it be that they're from districts uh, totally. that are going to be replacing them with people just like them? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, is this? I don't know if this is something sort of a, uh an indication that the no. country is falling all it is is just more of the same well the closest one that we had to a possible change was
0: what happened in georgia, georgia. with uh yeah. oh, i forget the name of the fella now i can't what remember i yeah. oh, lost
1: to the dustbin of history
0: um yeah that was the closest one where it's like maybe georgia you got atlanta yeah. you know is it possible but obviously that's a great point they're just kind of filling the vacuum with the exact same uh, dirt I guess in some ways if yeah. you want to go through that with that analogy so that happened in Alabama and then of course we also have the taxes coming through with the Republican Party this would be their first legislative win basically since Donald Trump took over if they can actually pass this tax plan there are some people who are upset with it some people who are not upset with it basically what happened is to just break it down there's three tax brackets 12, 20, and 35 so the, the corporate tax uh, uh, plan the the former the the, the taxes were 39.5 percent for corporations that's being brought down to 35 percent for the poorest people in this war, uh, in this country it's at 10 percent and that's going up to 12 <laughs> percent and for the middle class they're going down to 20 percent and then they're adding uh, a uh, a child's uh, tax credit to that so it's in it, it does look like a a fairly good tax cut for the middle class uh only if you believe that uh, trickle down economics uh, had any kind of you know th- that it worked and Hasn't. you know
1: never has. That's really the debate. You know <laughs> never has, so never will.
0: It's it's hell and of course with your first $12,000 you have zero taxes if you're married if you're a couple you got $24,000 you're paying zero taxes until you get to $24,000 so it's kind of like starting on the 30 yard line but they only give you three downs mm-hmm. so it's it's a it's a strange kind of compromise i do not believe they had to lower the corporate tax rate to 35% that's really the uh the hiccup for a lot of people and then of course you know raising uh from 10 to 12% it's not that much money if uh, you have money. Yeah. But you know, 1500 bucks here, 2000 bucks there, it goes a long way for poor uh, lower income people. If you're wealthy, you know, I think you're you could just they could have just froze it at 39.5% and it would have been fine. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure, of course that's just a money grab for uh, big corporations, the 1%. Theoretically to keep them here, but uh, as we've seen, you know they're they're going they're going anyway.
1: Yeah, and it, taking that money, uh, taking that tax right down. You know that money doesn't go to the employees. That, no, it that, goes that, to that the CEOs. It goes to the CEOs. Yeah. It goes to bonuses. It does not go to the, the, the rank and file. It never has. If and it you, never will. It if just you forced
0: never will, if you forced trickle down economics, mm-hmm. it could work. Yeah, if human beings were great and greed did not exist. If we changed human nature yeah. entirely, <laughs> trickle down economics is a rational viewpoint uh, when it comes to taxes. This is why H. W. Bush in 1980, when he was running against Ronald Reagan, called it voodoo economics because it it relies on this abstract notion of human good. As Marcus just said, the CEOs just take the cash, and it is it is difficult to get people to part. With their money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's exactly why what we saw with the NFL protest over the weekend, that's exactly why the owners were on the field with the players. They weren't uh, protesting police brutality. They were protesting a president going after their pocketbook. Yeah. And that's exactly what got them out on the field. They didn't care when he called Mexicans rapists. They didn't care when he talked about grabbing uh, gals. They didn't care about so many things. But as soon as he started talking about their bottom line, they were on the field taking a knee. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's what matters the most is people's pocketbooks. And that's the problem with
1: trickle-down economics. People want that money for themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't think that uh, any sort of tax plan is going to help it get to the people who truly need it, the people that truly need a leg up uh, in America. The rich, the super rich do not need a leg up. Corporations do not need a leg up. There are people in this country that are truly hurting uh, that mm-hmm. need something more than what we're giving them right now. But, you know, a lot of the people
0: that this could help are small business owners. The majority of people in this country are employed by small business owners. Mm-hmm. And that is one area where... How does that, that economics, help them? Well, that does give well, a little bit that, of a how tax, does this tax break. break because, help them? Well, we don't know. They haven't defined what rich is yet, <laughs> which is kind of interesting because Obama was 250k or above, mm-hmm. but Donald Trump hasn't defined what wealthy is yet in this country, which is very bizarre that we don't just have a set number yeah. of like what makes you poor, what makes you rich, what makes you middle class, and of course the middle class is shrinking. Um, but if it is, if it's a higher number and uh, the if they're able, if you're a middle class business owner and you're able to get that twenty percent tax, that's actually pretty good. That that's a significant deduction in taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I do believe you have people hiring more. Trickle down economics, I think, does work in a micro sense with small businesses, mom and pop shops, and of course they have to figure out what to do when it comes to um, when it comes to healthcare uh, and things like that as well. Which there are some provisions in Obamacare that everyone agrees has hurt small businesses and has really um, led to what's happening now with people having to work two or three jobs because what businesses do as we just talked about they have their bottom line they're not going to make you work 40 hours if they have to pay you health care. Your hours are now cut to 30 hours, and you better go find another 10 hours elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And that that's why people are working more jobs than ever before. And it is cold. It's totally heartless. But that's just the way the world is. So a business with 49 people, or they're not going to hire that third person. As a matter of fact, now you're going to have 100 people working part-time. So theoretically, they don't have any full-time employees, so they're not paying health care to anyone. That's why we, we see the people when they talk about working two or three jobs that is a side effect of over government um, you know regulation on businesses because again, businesses, are always going to find a way to navigate the waters, mm-hmm. to get to their end goal. And if they got to throw a couple of people overboard in order to get to the shore, they're going to do it. And that's something that
1: can be fixed in Obamacare. Like they that, have to like be That's fixed. What we've said so many yeah. times, is that Obamacare uh, is not a great system. Absolutely. It works well in a lot of ways, and it helps out a lot of people, but it needs to be fixed. It, it has, has a lot fixed. of things that need to be fixed and, in it. Uh, when it comes to Obamacare,
0: I guess we can do that Um I have no problem with it going to the states as long as the federal government just guarantees pre-existing condition coverage uh, and uh, and a couple of other things. If the states want to take control of their health care, that's fine. But we cannot have, there was only 40, there was only seven states when it was just given to the states when it comes to health care. Uh, Donald Trump, by the way, did, did uh, pass or wants to pass uh, health care coverage to be sold over state lines, which I do approve of. Um, only seven states had laws about pre-existing conditions when it was, Just free reign for all the states to decide it. Mm. 43 did not. So that's the problem. And that's why he's like, why did the federal government have to come in here and regulate healthcare? Because these states were doing some bullshit. Yeah. So if you make it where you have to have, from a federal government perspective, uh, you can give the majority of the of the um the money to the states. The states can figure out their own health care processes. They, they understand their constituents and their people better than Washington. But we have to have provisions that that save the the most vulnerable of us. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what people with pre-existing conditions are. So this whole idea that they're gonna somehow be able to repeal Obamacare outright, I think it's proving itself time and time and time again to be a total and utter failure. Yeah, and it's not gonna pass. But there are some things that they can do if they just tinker with inside of Obamacare that could make it a much more viable bill uh, and a much more um, conducive policy to actually having more choice for people all across the country. Mm. But this idea that you can just like uproot everything, it's just not going to happen because the Republican – obviously the Democrats aren't helping, uh, but the Republicans – you know, you got your Susan Collins out of Maine. You have those kinds of people who believe this plan does too much to cut Medicaid and Medicare. And then you got Ron Johnson, Dean Heller, you know, Rand Paul, who don't think it goes far enough. And to bridge those two is impossible. Yeah. You cannot bridge those two divides. Those are, you might, you talk about, oh, they're all Republicans. They have to have some cohesive message. There is zero, zero uh, similarities between what Susan Collin wants and what Ryan Paul wants when it comes to their issues with healthcare, Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what that's why it's so difficult. You know, you can't get it's basically after three people, democracy has it very difficult. (laughs) Three people. It's relatively simple with last podcast on the left. That's what we do. It's like two out of three. Um, And it's, you know, even,
1: you know, that tends to work fairly, fairly decently. So far, it's worked out very, for the last seven years, it's worked out very very well for it, But
0: now you try to get three out of five, it's a whole other ballgame. Yep. So it's extremely difficult, and I don't believe that the Republicans are going to be able to pass health care uh, by 2018. However, if they get the tax plan through, uh, and feel free to email me, benk721 at com with your tax plan ideas and all those kinds of things, because obviously, again, there are a lot of people extremely upset with this with this plan. Um, if they get that through, that will be a big win for them. And they'll be able to say, hey, look, we got the tax plan done. It hasn't been revised in a long time. Mm-hmm. And that could work for them in 2018. Uh, and at this point, I'm still not seeing a conducive me- uh, message from the Democrats, which is really kind of driving me absolutely up a wall.
1: Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. It's. I mean, you we know, we talked about the the deflect, um, or I talked about like the deflective nature of uh, Republicans. Um, the Democrats seem to only have a reactive nature. Well, uh, it's not. They're not being. They're not putting forth any great ideas. Well, I mean, some people are. Bernie Sanders is still fucking trying. They're trying. He's
0: trying. I watched the town hall when it comes to health care with he and Lindsey Graham and Cassidy and uh, uh, I believe it was Amy. Um, I always mispronounce her last name. She's out of Minnesota and uh yeah you know they're they're, they have some things that they agree on then of course a lot they don't bernie Sanders still talking about like single payer and stuff like that which single payer which not a lot of people understand It would require a full repeal of Obamacare as well. Yeah. And it's just not happening. You know, once the that's the that's why these policies matter. And that's why in 2009, when they passed Obamacare without reading the bill, um, which was true, they literally just passed this thing. And of course, it's all created by big pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies. Yeah. They wrote the bill, they made 15 billion bucks last year. They are doing great under Obamacare, and they will be doing great under if the Republicans are able to pass something. They're going to do absolutely wonderful. But that's why it's very important to pay attention when these things are happening. Because once they're done, it is almost impossible to get the hook out of the fish. Yeah. There's so many barbs in there. And we're talking 50 states, 50 economies, money, billions and billions of dollars involved. Uh, what do you do? So I think the only way to fix health care is going to be keeping Obamacare in place and tinkering from with inside the beast. Yeah. That's the, because repeal does not look... If we got the the Republicans have the House, they have the Senate and they have the White House and they still can't get the dang thing done. Yeah. And uh, if Democrats would have the uh, Democrats would have the exact same divide on a bit of a different issue, Bernie Sanders pushing for single payer, other people not wanting single
1: payer, wanting to tinker with inside of Obamacare. Obamacare. Pelosi, I would imagine, being on the other side.
0: Of course, Pelosi is your Mitch McConnell, you know, Mm -hmm. that's uh, and, and Rand Paul, to some degree, is your Bernie Sanders type. Very, very principled in their political viewpoints, not necessarily practical in uh, how things actually can get done. But nonetheless, you want to start from a principled platform and then you can negotiate and try to compromise and stuff like that going forward. So even if the Democrats are able to make some major moves in 2018, I still just see nothing but a stalemate going forward. Uh, So I think they just have to start Tinkering from within and figuring it out because at the end of the day, this is about premiums skyrocketing and people just not having a choice and not being able to afford Obamacare. You're able to afford Obamacare because New York State. Because New York State has a good plan. But yeah. if you're in Arkansas, you know, it's just a totally different ballgame.
1: It's like we talked about before is that, you know, the, the blue states went along with Obamacare and they, they made it much easier to get into and they made it much more affordable. Well, it was but more the, of a continuation of what they were already doing. Yeah, and yeah. the and the red states fought against it, you know, states like Texas, they fought against it and they made it purposely bad so their constituents would hate it. Right. And Uh, that, and so they would fight against it. Well, it's not
0: funded. I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. it's not exactly. It's not funded. Like they just, they just made it purposely bad.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a brutal time. It's crazy with all that stuff. However, again, as I mentioned earlier, I do like the idea of selling health insurance across state lines. Everything is sold across state lines in this country, and I think it's good for the market to have health insurance sold across state lines uh, because I think it'll lead to competition and competition tends to lead to lower costs. And that's what has to happen Uh, because at the end of the day, the people who really need this stuff are older individuals who may or may not have Medicare and Medicaid by the time they really need it. Yeah. Uh, So that's what's happening with health insurance. That's taxes. We'll see if it actually passes. And then, of course, we have what's happening uh, globally with North Korea Which is a whole nother A bunch of craziness I gotta say I listened to the Father of Otto Warmbier talking Did you hear this? mm oh my god it was the most excruciating thing I've ever heard uh, and I mean that I mean I'm talking like last podcast on the left level excruciating they were talking about when they met Otto Warmbier when he came back Yeah, and he was blind and he was deaf and his they said his bottom teeth looked like they were pulled out and rearranged like scrabble pieces uh. and he said he was screaming in inhumane uh, sounds he was not in a coma like previously said of course for those that don't remember Otto Warmbier was arrested 17 months uh, uh, he did 17 months of hard labor in North Korea because he stole, a a, supposedly stole a propaganda poster from a hotel and there were so many stupid quote unquote think pieces about Otto Warmbier being a perfect example of white privilege and all this nonsense it was Eli Roth levels of hostile, it was torture what they did to that poor boy and it was ridiculous that people did not take his side and even like you had the situation with Chelsea Handler tweeting about how I wish we had Kim Jong Un as as our president and they can have Donald Trump I get it it's like being funny or whatever I guess but no matter what the who the US president is uh, you're never as bad as Kim Jong Un yeah. that's that's my personal opinion and that should be all of our personal opinions because that man is a menace and a he is horrible because he's a young person who wants to be seen seriously in a, in a culture that glorifies age and he wants to be seen as a hawk he wants to be seen as strong on the military Horrible. So, what's going on with the North Koreans right now is very serious, and we just don't know where it's going. They're testing the uh, the ballistic missiles. They're going over the uh, Japan, the Sea of Japan. There's been some military movement. We just flew some uh, some flight uh, some fighter jets over near North Korea. North Korea has said they will shoot down a U.S. fighter jet, uh, even if it's not within their airspace. The tensions are extremely high, and in my opinion, the Chinese have got to pick it up and figure out what the heck to do because if they do not want the Chinese do not want South Korea to be their border country. Because yeah. South Korea, for all intents and purposes, from a military perspective, is the United States. So they better figure out what to do with the Hermit Kingdom, the twenty five million folks that are there. Cause right now, this aggression that's happening with the with the North Korean rocket and the missile system. It, it is only getting more intense. Yeah. And as this, this ridiculously stupid rhetoric coming from Washington, it, and it, it is only the, the rhetoric coming from Washington is feeding into the propaganda machine. The news, the state run media in North Korea, when Donald Trump talks about wiping them off the face of the planet. It is so perfect for Kim Jong-un to just play that clip verbatim and say, see, look what they want to do to us. The whole thing is uh, the the tensions are just it's pretty intense right now. He's only making the cult stronger. He is. But then what do we do? I mean, we've talked about this before. And as a matter of fact, at the end of this episode, we'll play an interview I did with Juan Williams. Uh, He's the the more left leaning person, co-host of the show, The Five. And we talk about that where he was discussing Donald Trump's rhetoric and how it's playing right into their hands. And I do understand that perspective without a doubt. But militarily, I mean, we're getting to our wits end here when it comes to them.
1: I understand that. And and I absolutely understand that strategic patience uh, hasn't necessarily worked out as a foreign policy uh, or, yeah, as foreign policy. It's just such a political loser. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it
0: it is. uh, I'm saying dealing with North Korea is a political loser. So they're like, we'll call it strategic patience. Yeah,
1: (laughs) but I'm not sure if, uh, like Donald Trump came in, like I'm not sure if the right way to approach it is like, have we tried being stupid yet? <laughs> Actually, I'm, no.
0: I'm going fl- to outflank
1: him to the dumb. <laughs> Actually, no, we haven't tried being stupid well, yet. Let's try being stupid. Let's try name calling. That's, we haven't tried that yet, so let, let's just go ahead and let's try that one. That is why, yeah, you know, like General Mattis and stuff like
0: that, uh, General McMaster, they, they are kind of their hands are up in the air when Donald Trump starts talking about foreign policy because they just don't know what the heck to do. But, of course— Uh, to that Trump base that he's consistently feeding. They love it. The phone calls I get on Fox News from some of these people, they love it. Yeah, because it's reality TV. It's reality TV, and they're not necessarily thinking about it in, in a global... If everything was in a vacuum and Donald Trump was only talking to Americans... Yeah. You're like okay, I don't know. You're just kind of you're, you're just a coach giving a a peppy locker room speech. <laughs> but the thing is, he's on he's in the center of the field speaking to the whole damn stadium
1: and the opposing team. Well, it's people that just don't have never. I think it's people that have never really paid attention to foreign policy before, is that it's a kind of a, a new thing for them. And I think a lot of people, you know, they're just kind of getting into politics for the first time. Oh, there's definitely a lot of
0: that there's on a all lot sides. Of, There's
1: a lot Everyone of people. Everyone comes get, in like
0: born-again Christians. They're so on fire for one side <laughs> or the other.
1: Yeah, so Ugh. they don't necessarily know uh, the nuances of foreign policy, you know, they because they think like, well, politics, you know, this is how Donald Trump does politics. This is how politics is done. This is how it should be. I this mean, is how it should be. This is it because it's it's turned into a reality and show. And then you got dudes like Roy
0: Moore who was on stage literally pulling out his gun. Did you see that? He's yeah. like, I'm pro Second Amendment. And he pulls out a gun, which was the best thing he's done. That's how crazy the guy is. Yeah. I was like, the only thing I mildly think is fun is that he pulled out a gun.
1: Yeah, but it's <laughs> like he pulls out a gun. And like for me, when someone pulls out a gun, even growing up around guns, when someone pulls yeah. out a gun, the immediate, my first immediate thought is, fuck! Like, what yeah. is he doing? Like, just what? what is he going to do with that fucking gun?
0: Well, he didn't Bud Dwyer himself. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, those are there are a lot of people who and that's the sad thing about, you know, young people. I feel bad for young people because Donald Trump is their only president in some ways. Yeah. You know, if you're coming up 13, 14, 15 years old, you don't start paying attention uh, until, well, usually 18 um, because you just can't. You you don't have part of the franchise. So who who the heck gives a crap, you know, about politics? But Donald Trump does normalize a lot of this rhetoric for a lot of people who think that that's okay for a president to sound like and not realizing there are very real world ramifications for rhetoric, specifically on foreign policy. I mean, you look at what happened with John F. Kennedy, one of his biggest accomplishments of all time is basically rhetoric, uh, you know, in ending, in ending um, you know, the uh, the nuclear threat.
1: Yeah. You know, that was, bas- it was all words. It was all words. Well, I think part of his, you know, like George Bush was the president that you could have a beer with. like. He, Although was, he did not he was, drink. He was, mm. but still, he was Uncle George that you know had the he had the barbecue next door, Ooh. and uh, so you kind of felt a little closer to him. I think Donald Trump is uh, he's the president you can talk shit with. I guess so. He's the president that you can get aggressive with. He's the one that's sitting. He's your buddy in the chat room. Uh, And that does not translate well to actual foreign policy. We've got ourselves some locker room talk. Well, it's
0: interesting because everything is uh, of the same importance. The NFL, Jameel Hill on ESPN, North Korea, they're all in his Twitter feed. And they're all the exact same length. They're all the exact same importance. Uh, and that's what's really dangerous. If you go back to when he was talking about Luther Strange Fr- on last Friday, when he was in Alabama, that's where he talked about NFL players who kneel. He calls them son of, sons of bitches. Fuck. You know, So this is where you have a sitting president <laughs> calling U.S. citizens sons of
1: bitches. Protesters. Protesters. And, that aren't people that aren't doing what they're told.
0: And then trying to frame the protest as if they're protesting the military or the flag, which they are not. That protest, know. if you want to say the protest was predicated upon Colin Kaepernick, then that protest is about police brutality. Yeah. That's what the protest is. It was never about the flag. We could talk about this. I've been talking about this so much all week, I'm forgetting uh how much uh how crazy the whole thing was. So uh it was not about the flag, never about the flag whatsoever, calling them sons of bitches, and then moving on and talking about Kim Jong un or whatever it is, all in the same breath, basically. Yeah. Uh and it really is. Confusing to a lot of people. The NFL, and when I say confusing, I don't think that they know that they're confused, but you should hear the fervor that people are taking when it comes to the the, when it comes to what's happening with the NFL. People burning their jerseys. I mean you
1: would think Burning season tickets. It's crazy
0: how rich are you to burn a hundred and fifty dollar authentic jersey and season tickets. Get out of here. Give them to someone who doesn't have enough cash to burn them. Give them to someone who would care. Give them to Yeah, please God. So it's very interesting to see uh, the president weigh these very bizarre domestic issues, which I would not say the NFL, the protests in the NFL were not nearly as big of an issue as Donald Trump made it out to be. And then he just made this mountain out of a molehill. And we are forgetting about such important stuff, specifically when Trump was tweeting Puerto Rico. Uh, And, you know, it's fascinating to see a president try to take down an 18 billion dollar company. I don't That's what think the NFL is
1: trying to take down. He's anything. basically calling for a boycott. I don't know what he's doing, though. I mean, it's, it's very weird. Yeah, it's so bizarre. It, it just—I do not know what he's doing. I mean, I guess he's trying. To, maybe he's trying to distract from Russia. Maybe because there's more and more oh, shit starting to come out about uh, about Russia, and now we're finding out uh, that so so many of them use their private emails. Yeah, they all for did. official. They all did. Yeah, <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Jared
0: Kushner. Yeah, they, has identified. Did you? you saw that right? What? Jared Kushner filled out that he was a woman on the uh, <laughs> on the voter registration. This guy could not like he could yeah. not fill out
1: a uh But they're using yeah, they're using their their private email. I mean, yeah. they're still a ma- and now you've got this uh this new scandal where they've been let's see here. They have used the cabinet's church taxpayers at a little over a million dollars for luxury travel.
0: Well, this is Tom Price, Health and Human Services. No, there's three. Uh, there's three, three of, of them. them.
1: Tom Price,
0: he used 52000 bucks worth of our taxpayer dollars to travel around. Uh, Tom Price has $14 million in his bank account, (laughs) and this schmuck was putting the American people, granted, what is it, like 10 cents out of our pocket, any amount of money that this millionaire touches of mine is not happening. No. Uh, So he has publicly apologized and said that he will pay that that back, and Donald Trump is very upset with it. So we'll see if he sticks around or if he gets fired or whatever the heck happens with Tom Price. But my goodness, it is ridiculous the amount of just – it, 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 entitlement well, it's Entitlement Yeah, yeah that's It exact, feels like
1: total entitlement It's absolutely entitlement so, Like these people uh, Have used It's in a continuation Of their attitude Of using the United States As their own little piggy bank Right Is it, that They they see the, They do not see The other American Like they don't think For a second Right how much money they're spending? Like a mil- over a million dollars. How much? Mo- like it's a million dollars from Tom Price, uh, fifty-eight thousand from Scott Pruitt, and tra- twelve thousand from Ryan Zinke. Zinke, Zinke. Uh, but these people, like, they just what, don't think what, what, about. What would that fifty-eight thousand dollars? What would that do? For a co- what would that do for a college student? Oh you know, yes, what exactly. Would, what would a million dollars do for a family of five? Of you course. Know, what, what would that money do? They don't think about that for no, a fucking. No second no they
0: absolutely they don't. don't care there's also something to be said they are they are ignorant to washington perhaps they don't know all the rules or whatever these are adults figure it out figure it you're out you're also a multi-millionaire just don't be a schmuck please god yeah. but now we have the situation so we have all of that happening with trump's white house and you know that I'm not going to blame Donald Trump for that, although it probably uh, well, is no, the culture. He,
1: he approved it. Uh, he absolutely approved it. Donald Trump knew this was happening. He approved it. Like th- this is not. I think it's more of a lack. A lack of.
0: Um, people, a lack of a lack of structure within the White House that allowed these things to happen. But yes, I mean by by nature, he is the buck stops with the with the president. Yeah, so that is very true.
1: Well, on the other hand, he also doesn't read anything, so it probably just came across his desk and he someone told him to sign it. He, he loves to it. sign stuff. He loves. Signing He's got a beautiful stuff. signature. It's a great. I mean, yeah. it's almost like he like spent a lot of time practicing it. So did Michael Jordan. <laughs> so did Michael Jordan.
0: I think that's true, actually. Uh, so we have the president going against the NFL and NFL owners again. Uh, Roger Goodell, interestingly enough, is in the midst of contract talks right now, so he can keep his job as the commissioner. He wants it to be a twenty-five, a twenty-five billion dollar industry by twenty twenty, and none of this is helping. It's just so weird to see a president take on in industry, first of all, with many people that supported him, such as former Jets coach Rex Ryan. Mm-hmm. He was also the coach of the Bills. Now he's a commentator. And let's not forget Bob Kraft. Oh, Bob, Bob Kraft poor of the Patriots. Poor Bob Kraft <laughs> of the Patriots. He's out there linking arms with his squad. They're friends. Yeah. They are personal
1: friends. He gave Donald, Rob Kraft gave Donald Trump a Super Bowl ring.
0: He gave him a Super Bowl ring and uh, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Mr. Khan, I think it's Shadiq Khan, gave a million bucks to the inaugural uh, celebration of Donald Trump on January 20th. I believe five of them gave a million dollars to the inauguration, maybe even more than that. These are his people. And somehow he's gone against them in a...
1: Fuck them. B- be, fuck him That's his whole thing. That's, no, that's my whole thing. That's <laughs> your whole thing. <laughs> that should be our whole thing. I mean, these people. So they. Well, they, you don't want to attack an eighteen billion. I like the NFL. I want it to do well. Yeah, but you can't feel bad for these people who threw in with an unpredictable sociopath. Well, uh, for turning on him, you can't. You cannot. I don't feel, feel bad, bad for him, for him, that's him at true. all. Like I they, feel threw, bad. In they yeah. threw in with this man. They yeah. voluntarily threw in with this man. They heard what he had to say. Yep. They saw what he did. That's true. And they said here. A million dollars, right?
0: Yeah, that's that's Fuck a good em. point. I do feel bad for the the people pouring the cheese on the nachos, though. If the stadiums, <laughs> uh, if the stadiums don't have the people coming in, you know, it's they it's, broke it's, ra-
1: they broke ratings records because, because of no, Donald they've Trump. done horrible.
0: Their ratings are down. That's are you but, not reading Donald Trump's Twitter feed, Marcus? <laughs> R-
1: waiting, no, ratings I mean, are way down. They're the, low. They're yeah, low. The, they're very low. But <laughs> the uh, what is it? The epi- like the game after Donald Trump did all this bullshit, they broke ratings records for the most part.
0: The NFL. is down, but it's not because of the kneeling stuff. No, it's that because stuff. the
1: NFL is fucking boring now.
0: Well, the rules that have changed uh, in order to protect, under the guise of protecting the players, I know this is not a sports podcast. No, but, uh, the, the the rules are just so clunky and strange. Now, it's such an apologetic sport. Of course, they did the test of 111 brains, mm-hmm. uh, former players, to see if they had um, uh, the uh, the degenerative the brain disease CTE. 110 of 111 of them did. Yeah. So the NFL is in is in trouble for a lot of reasons. They did not need the President of the United States to call him out and demand a boycott, but yeah. nonetheless.
1: Yeah, yeah, And don't get me wrong, I fucking love football. Oh, yeah, of uh, course. I just watch I watch college football because in the NFL is boring. Uh, that's just that's the bottom line. Oh, my man. God. Now and I we used have to, to, love now
0: we have to talk watch. about college football, Marcus. You've done this. You know, it's a $14 billion industry over a 10-year contract they have. Mm-hmm. The fact that they don't pay those players is unbelievable. It's horrible. And we're seeing a scandal now with Louisville, and the, F- the FBI is investigating... Four universities, one being Louisville, Rick Patino is gone. Mm-hmm. He is out because they gave this guy 's family a hundred thousand bucks, probably because the family needed a hundred thousand bucks, and they were in a war to get the athlete because in the NBA, they basically use the nCAA as their farm league yeah that 's where they cultivate the talent and then so they got to get rid of the one and done rule in the NBA just send him right to the pros otherwise you 're just creating this very bizarre economy. Where the players don't get any cash. Yeah. And so naturally, there's going to be some... uh, It's just such a fertile... Such a fertile ground for fraud uh, and for corruption. It's unbelievable. And then professional or uh, not professional, collegiate football players' scholarships aren't guaranteed. I mean, all that stuff is just crazy. If you're not going to pay them, at least guarantee them an education. Yeah, you know. So that the NCAA is one of the most corrupt institutions. You watch the documentary "Schooled." It's very interesting. Goes into all of it and breaks down how much how much money each school makes and. Really, these colleges, the football programs, they're funding the sciences. They're funding everything. Uh, And it's all on the backs of these indentured servants. And I don't use that term uh, lightly. I believe they are indentured servants because
1: as soon as they get injured... They're gone. I don't know how much they actually fund. I think they actually take more money than they give, right? No, colleges yeah. fund their, a lot of their co- – that's why it's such a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, no. They fund th- a lot of
0: their stuff. They fund totally. a lot of things
1: uh, backwards.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely yeah. they do. The college, the, the sports teams for Division I uh, colleges are huge moneymakers for these universities. Absolutely. Does it go yeah. back
1: in education?
0: Though? It does. Huh. Yeah, it does, um, except for uh, if a player gets injured. Uh, Well, I guess they're also saving a lot of money on that kid's uh, (laughs) tuition because they're, again, sending him back home, uh, which is absolutely horrible what they do with the NCAA. But yeah, for more on that, check out the documentary Schooled. Very interesting insight into the world. Of college athletics uh, and this whole idea of student athlete is just completely and utterly laughable. Mm. Uh, I want to talk uh, briefly about the thing with Spike Lee. I don't know if you watched it. The CNN, CNN did I a mean, town hall. I have
1: no idea about this.
0: Spike Lee made some great points about the protesters and the area that he lost me was when he equated the football field to a plantation. That is, that's what lost me completely. Now the average a, salary for it's an it's NFL going a little, player. Uh, far. Well, it's just unfortunate because a plantation literally is Angola prison that is a plantation that's where they're that the private prisons are a plantation i Mm -hmm. firmly believe that uh the the 10 percent of prisons in the popular uh in the society that are populated uh, by undocumented people are plantations that are used for slave labor the nfl the football field First of all, people want to be on that field. Yeah. They get an, on average almost $3 bucks a year, and it is a huge privilege to play in the NFL. It is not a plantation. That's where Spike Lee lost me, but a lot of the stuff that he was saying is accurate regarding 70% of the league being black, and you wonder if they were not how these protested – would be perceived, mm-hmm. you know, without a doubt, there is a racial tinge to what's happening in the NFL. <laughs> it's and more Donald, than a tinge, I'd yeah, say. yeah, would, yeah. I could say that too. Uh, and Donald Trump calling them sons of bitches was specifically vulgar, specifically given the relationship of the woman in African American culture and the mother. Yeah, uh, because these families, uh, sometimes through faults of their own, sometimes through systemic racism, whatever it might be, are being ripped apart every Every which way, even if you 're trying to do good, next thing you know you 've got yourself a five ten year twenty five year mandatory minimum for God knows what uh, or you know the uh, the drug epidemic that is happening uh, in our in our um, in our urban settings and now in our rural settings with opioids and heroin uh, tearing families apart all across the country uh, the drug epidemic, so I thought that that was a, it was an interesting um conversation that's been happening so with nfl at the core of it but then it's also larger than that when it comes to social um some of the social issues that we're still facing in this country today As a matter of fact i was reading a uh, the obituary in the new york times about hugh hefner mm-hmm. who passed away at 91 years young yeah. in the playboy mansion very controversial well, my girlfriend hates him really i didn't know that no well, huh. she doesn't hate him she does not hate anyone but she was she doesn't like the playboy she don't like the playboy why not? Because uh, she thinks it was, uh, you know, demeaning to women's sexual life. And I saw this. Did you not see this? All, you know, it was interesting. Like Salon wrote about it. And then I had some callers on the conservative end being like, he demonized women. It was a strange Venn diagram. I, and I was talking to this one guy in Fargo. I was like, you sound like Jezebel. He's like, they're right about this. Like, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. But yet, yeah, Hugh Hefner was, it was a strange, polarizing reaction. figure. Yeah. Polari- More polarizing than I thought because we were in Playboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got right under the wire. We got. Right in there, yeah. yeah, right under the wire. And I never really thought about it as a as a bad magazine, but some people did not like his lifestyle mm-hmm. or what he did on the left and on the right. Of course, we always knew it was on the right, yeah, uh, because of you know he was taking on the evangelical religious right. But then the left has sort of gone there as well. It's a
1: strange Venn diagram as well. He was attacked quite a bit. Like there was a big movement in uh, actually on the left in uh, like that's how the left and the right uh, kind of made strange bedfellows. Yeah. is uh, on the. Extreme left, there was a huge push against pornography. Yes Gigantic push against Well it. look at California
0: mm-hmm. It happens And that, that's why in 2015 Playboy got the nudes out Yeah But now they're back Now they're back Because they realized yeah. Oh that whole thing about Reading it for the articles Was a bit Yeah They were joking about that Playboy's like I think they like us For the articles I was like no Nah It is definitely
1: not For that reason Absolutely not
0: uh, But he was talking I was reading his New York Times obituary And I think I've talked about That documentary Obit right mm-hmm. Yeah check out Obit It's such a fascinating documentary on New York Times obituary writers in 1953, he started Playboy when he was 27 years old. His main issues abortion rights, decriminalization of marijuana, and civil rights in general. And it is like the exact same thing. We are still going through the same. Thing that Hugh Hefner was fighting for and sexual liberation, the same thing he was fighting for back in 1953. Mm-hmm. We still don't have uh, decriminalization of marijuana, abortion rights, as seen with Roy Moore in Alabama, uh, are constantly uh, you know up for debate. Yeah, uh, there's some bad the shit defunding. happening in
1: Kentucky right now too. Yeah,
0: especially with Planned Parenthood constantly in the crosshairs. You know, the 500 million bucks they get from the federal government—that's always this little bizarre. Um, you know, that's always that's all that is. Such a key chip, it's such a key poker chip mm-hmm. uh, that both sides play on a regular basis. He was fighting the exact same social war, and not, you know, not not a, not capital W war, but social war that we are now, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy to think about. Nothing's really changed, no, absolutely. Other not. than decriminalization think, of marijuana is, is a little bit more accepted. Things have
1: gotten better. I mean, it actually yes, it, it has a, gotten better. Quite a bit has changed. I mean, there's what three states now where it's fully uh, like where they have stores. For weed, yeah, yeah, I think even more than that. Yeah, we're yeah. at least two where like guys like me and you can come in from out of state and just go mm-hmm. in and buy it, like Washington and Colorado. Yep, and uh, and of course, yes, abortion rights in
0: 1953 were much much more strict uh, yeah. than they are or Roe uh, v. Wade. Yeah, nothing yeah. right. Yeah, of course. I
1: mean before Roe v. Wade, then everything was you know uh, much 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 stricter.
0: Right, but then uh, you know in the context of someone like Roy Moore, again, it is a small isolated. Alabama Senate runoff to replace Jeff Sessions. Yeah. Uh, So it's not indicative of the entire country. But those issues are still out there. And if you do live in Alabama, I mean, how crazy is that? You will be represented by this man. Yeah. That is like 2017, man. It seems kind of stunning to be represented by someone who looks like he's about to go, you know, uh, hang the town drunkard. Like, literally, he looks yeah. like an old timey Western sheriff <laughs> who was just ready to, you know, just kill everyone for, uh, for, uh For vices, He's a mean daddy. He's a mean. Oh, goodness gracious. (laughs) (laughs) I think somewhere Milo just got an erection. (laughs) Um, All right. I think that's basically, yeah, well, well, let's play this interview with Juan Williams here and uh, hope you enjoy it. Uh, Anything else, Marcus? That's it, man. All right. Email me, BenK721 at gmail.com. I'm going to do another little chat thing here coming up in the near future. We're not traveling so much this next month. Yeah. So that's great. We Um, actually only got two trips left this whole year. We're going to Omaha, and we're going to Los Angeles. That's it, man. I can't, I'm can't. I actually so excited for Omaha. Omaha's going to be fucking great. It's going to be awesome. Uh, all right, everyone. Find Marcus Parks on Twitter, at Marcus Parks. Instagram, at Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel1 on Instagram, Ben Kissel on Twitter. Uh, and rate and review the show. Uh, that would be an incredible help. That would be awesome if you did that. Thank you so much, and keep on supporting all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network. Uh, all right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, what's up everyone? How are you? I am Ben Kissel. You are listening to Fox News Talk, but you don't just have to listen. You can watch this live. Go to Facebook, search Fox News Radio, and you can show this. You can watch this show streaming live right there for you. I am honored to have the co-host of The Five and the columnist for The Hill, Juan Williams, is with us. Thank you so much for being here. Ben, what are you kidding? I'm honored to be with you. Thanks. <laughs> and the money is being given to him under the table as we speak. <laughs> well, that's 20, case, 20 bucks more honored. More honored. <laughs> so let's shift gears a little bit from taxes here. We'll go back to taxes a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Juan, you wrote an article for The Hill uh, talking about Donald Trump's rhetoric towards North Korea. I'm looking at a poll here Uh, from Fox News poll and it is talking about 70% of Americans think his rhetoric on North Korea isn't good even if they agree with the idea that we have to confront the hermit kingdom. The name of the article on the Hill for All to Find is Juan Williams Trump's reckless gamble on North Korea. So go through a little bit about your thoughts regarding his grandiose
2: uh, statements regarding destroying uh, the nation. Well, first let's say that there are more recent developments after the column. The column ran earlier this week. Right. Uh, But more recent developments in that you have a situation now where apparently North Korean officials are contacting Americans, mostly Republicans, to try to understand how Donald Trump thinks. Mm -hmm. So I think they are like puzzled because they hear the rhetoric that most Americans think, "Eh, it's a little little non-diplomatic, a little harsh. (laughs) We're going to totally destroy (laughs) North Korea. And they think, man what is he doing
0: here well now does it fall into and i was talking about this a little bit earlier on my uh, political podcast abling's top hat does it play into the propaganda of the north korean government when they have a president a sitting president saying that he is willing to eradicate them
2: yes and in fact the point was made and i I mentioned this in the column that when you see president trump at the u.n saying Mm -hmm. things like we will totally destroy them you know calling him little rocket man and the like yes that According to the people who study North Korea, this kind of rhetoric is going to end up as a visual on a loop that will be used inside North Korea by the North Korean government, by Mm -hmm. Kim Jong-un, to suggest that the country is under assault by the imperialist power of the United States of America. And therefore, we have to strong arm the United States and we have to show that we are not backing down. Right. And you mentioned that here
0: in the article again. You say, uh, quote, the North Korean leader fired back at Trump by calling the president a mentally deranged U.S. dotard, which I never heard of the term dotard before. So that was the
2: word of the week, wasn't it? (laughs) That was the word of the week. Holy smokes, dotard. I have been calling every one of my friends a series of (laughs) dotards. Wait a minute, my wife is one of your friends. That's what she calls me. No, but but I must say, so he started this, though, President Trump. Remember when he promised fire and fury? Yes. And everybody said, good, we need somebody who can talk. To that guy and let him know that the United States is not going to play around this time. He has allowed other administrations to get basically play games, make mm-hmm. offerings, kick the can down the road. This time Donald Trump says, no, the United States is going to stand up to you right. and your tactics. And the fact that you are a mean-spirited dictator who, as we know from the interview uh, with... I'm trying to think of the young man's name, the guy from uh, Ohio who was tortured by the North Koreans. Okay. Uh, that, in fact... This is a brutal dictator.
0: Of course, of course. This guy rapes little kids. That's what I want to talk about now. So we have a situation uh, going back to Clinton. I mean, we've been dealing with the North Koreans. We had the strategy of strategic patience for decades. Nothing is working. Uh, It doesn't matter how much the people starve. They're still getting 90% of their goods from China, from Russia. Nothing is stopping these people and this regime. So what should be done? Because Donald Trump, I, I know some of the people... I'm looking at the Fox News opinion poll here as well regarding the handling of North Korea. He's only at 39%, 55% disapprove. But I think there's a consensus that something has to be done.
2: Yeah. Oh, no, you have got to start. Right now, it's not only an American problem. You've got mm-hmm. to realize this is a problem for people in the region, certainly for right. South Korea. Mm, but also... Imagine if missiles are regularly flying over our country. That's Japan, right? And J- the Japanese now are talking about, well, we might need nukes. So you have the prospect of nuclear proliferation right. in that Asian area, and that, of course, makes the big boy very unhappy. China, right? China doesn't. China wants to be the dominant force in that region. Yeah. So on um, lots of different hot spots, hot buttons being touched by what you're seeing going on in North Korea. So you asked me, Ben. You said, what can be done? What should be done? Yeah. Well, so. Jared- Carl in the Wall Street Journal said, "Well, we could do a naval blockade. Mm-hmm. We could we could try something like that. We could up appoint- the Sea of Japan, that kind of area. Yes, yeah. so totally cut off any kind of incoming goods and, in particular, military goods to North Korea. Second thing is send a, a an envoy to China. I'm just basically, you know, remembering what Saib had to offer. Sure, send an envoy and say, look, this guy is solely in charge of trying to help China figure out how to deal with.'" North Korea, what to do. That's another possibility. And then, of course, you have the possibility that you know what? We have to take military action.
0: So we have a situation where we could go the Warren Zivon envoy route, the classic <laughs> Warren Zevon song, deep cut, uh, or military action. The North Koreans have said they will shoot down a U.S. fighter even if it's not within their strategic uh, airspace. What point. happens if they do? And do we have in this country the, the will right now to get entrenched in a war <laughs> with the North 25 million strong? Uh, obviously, South Korea's 50 million million we know china is much larger than all of that the chinese don't want a war but what does a what does a military
2: action look like against north korea well so some other possibilities that are aggressive would be trying to for example get inside of their internet capability sure. and destroy their capacity to launch additional missiles.
0: And that's something that Sebastian Gorka brought up. Gorka, who was not given security clearance uh, despite the fact <laughs> he was in the White House. that's a, He's a little off the rails. But he was saying that we had some uh, cyber warfare. Yeah. That's why he's like, you'll notice the missiles aren't going as well as they used to be going. They aren't right. flying as high and they're getting more uh, they, they are not as accurate. Mm. That is because of cyber warfare.
2: Okay, and then you could also have Infiltration, We could send people in with the goal being to undermine, destabilize the government in some way. Mm-hmm. Right. So we could do that. But I think that in addition to this, the, the key might be just saying to the North Koreans and to Kim Jong-un, listen, you have a choice to make here. We're right. not playing. We will come in and we will specifically target your missile facilities. Right. We'll blow them up. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do about it, buddy? Right. Because China's not going to back you. Well, that is the interesting question. China does need, they want that, they don't
0: want South Korea to be on their border. They, no. like North Korea is basically just a sock that is buffering the foot of China from the shoe of America. You got it, it. it is basically all their, their only purpose uh, for the Chinese. So what would China do if something like that happened? Would they just allow it to happen or does, does China just take over everything?
2: Yeah, China, I think that's, that's my prediction is that China, okay. because remember, one of the constant complaints from the Chinese is if we do away... With Kim Jong-un, there's going to be a flight of North Koreans into China. Exactly. Refugee flow. Yes. And it's going to be unmanageable. We don't know what we'll do with it, and we don't want this problem. So don't create this problem. Right. Don't do it. And But the other side of it is what you said, Ben, which is it's a sock in the drawer, uh, you know, or in the hole, stopping right. uh, North, South Korea from being a neighbor of China. Exactly. Which is another sort of problem because then propaganda, attitude, capitalism at your doorstep in a way that they don't want. Exactly. So. My feeling is China doesn't want the United States as a major player in the region, very obviously, given the kind of confrontations we've had in the South China Sea recent vintage. So that they're going to say, you know what, if there's something in the way of military action against North Korea, mm-hmm. don't they don't want the United States to take it. We would have to force the Chinese hand.
0: Mm-hmm boastfully calls the Chinese currency manipulators and things like that. I think he realizes, uh, that he definitely needs their support in dealing with North Korea. Uh, do you want to switch just briefly to taxes? Sure. So we had the tax plan today. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Uh, the top 30, the top percent, they're at 39.5%. They're going down to 35%. Uh, the lower income families are at 10%. They're going up to 12%. But you're, you're scot free. You're paying zero at 12 grand and you're paying zero at 24,000 if you are a couple at 24,000.
2: What are your thoughts? Do you think this is a winner for the Republican Party? Not so far. So, I mean, negotiations haven't begun. And, of course, I say that to say we haven't seen the final form. And remember, President Trump wanted tax reform, which is very popular with the American people. Yes. But what does tax reform mean, Ben? It means that you get a more simple form for paying taxes. Yes. In addition to a more direct rating schedule. So it's not a puzzle like, well, why am I paying this percentage? Or why do corporations pay that percent? And why is it that half of American companies, maybe more than half, pay no taxes? Wait a second. How come the big boys aren't paying taxes and I'm paying taxes? The Wall right. Street Journal, NBC poll just out had most Americans saying they think corporations should pay more taxes.
0: Large corporations as opposed to small businesses. Correct? Yes, because I'm looking at the Fox News poll. Percentage of voters favoring each change to the federal tax system. Lowering taxes on small business. 88%. I mean, that's a massive winner. Right. I don't understand taxes on uh, lower taxes on middle class. 88%. Lower taxes on corporations. 34%. Lower taxes on the wealthy. 20%. Quite a big (laughs) divide. That's what you see in the polls. Why isn't it it just seems, if you are a politician, so easy. Why not just get this plan through with lowering
2: taxes on the middle class, small businesses, and it, you okay. can keep it at 39.5. Okay. So, I'm not saying, you so, know, jack the thing up. Yeah, but you, so you put me in a position where I'm going to do Jekyll and Hyde because I'm going to to give you a position that doesn't come from Juan Williams, which is, you know, in a normal way. But right. Donald Trump's folks, Mnuchin, uh Gary Cohn, yeah. the economic advisor, they say, listen, who pays taxes in this country? The rich—that's what they say. Yes, right. Most people—if you look at it, the population, about half the population doesn't pay taxes. Famously, Mitt Romney's was at forty-two percent. Yes, I believe yes. so. And so they're saying, well, so we can cut taxes on the middle class in order to make this plan saleable, because we can say to middle class voters, we're giving you a tax cut, right. even as they watch the upper income and the extremely wealthy get a huge tax cut, and the corporations get a huge tax cut. Right, and that's the theory, but. Well, because
0: theoretically, again, this is this is reminiscent of Reaganomics and trickle-down, correct? Yes. So That's exactly
2: right. Say that again.
0: It's reminiscent of Reaganomics and trickle-down. Yeah, because, <laughs> because
2: the Trump theory is if right. we give the big boys, like the corporations exactly. and the super-rich, the uber-rich a big break, guess what? It will stimulate economic activity and we don't have to, therefore, deal with the fact that the current plan would drive up the deficit, which you would think that's contrary to Republican orthodoxy.
0: Does this plan benefit the middle class the way that they are saying it does?
2: No, of course not.
0: Does it, how much does it hurt uh, lower income people? Again, with the, because this caveat of $12,000, you are paying zero, $24,000, you are paying zero, does seem to be
2: relatively significant, right? Well, it's, I mean, somewhat. Remember, there's an earned income tax credit in place now. They're talking right. about bumping that up as well as bumping up child care tax credits. Exactly, yeah. And, and that could help as well. So there right. are other advantages, there are other little sweeteners for right. low-income people in the deal. But that's not comparable to, to the deal, the offer that's being made to the big corporations and the super wealthy. And right. Don't don't doubt that the Democrats are going to be all over that.
0: But if, they, if the Democrats stop and all that shit, go here. I'm sorry. You're hostage for a moment. If the Democrats really fight this, though, and no tax reform comes through, couldn't
2: that hurt them as well? Uh, I think people want tax reform, but they don't want a giveaway. So you're right. It could help. But I think that what you'll see is that in the 18 going into the House and Senate races Mm -hmm. that the Democrats would say we saved you from, in fact, higher deficits and a giveaway to the rich okay juan williams thank you so much ben, for Ben, my on.
0: pleasure thank you co-host of the five columnist for the hill check out everything juan williams says he is the best all right this is fox news talk i am ben kiss we'll take a quick break be right back
1: luxury is meant to be livable discover the new leather collection at ashley with premium quality leather sofas recliners and more all built to last